0: Welcome back to AHP. Thanks for joining me. I do appreciate your time and being able to join me today. In just a few moments, we're going to be talking with firearms owners, United's James Buckle. Uh, you've probably seen them on Facebook. If you've been following them on Facebook, I had a chat to James. Uh, I just also met James at the uh, SSAA Shot Show here in Sydney. I wish I'd have had a much more of a chance to... Uh, had a bit more of a chat to him because obviously we're both busy uh, talking to a lot of different people uh, but hopefully when James up in Sydney again sometime in the near future we will be able to have a chat with him uh, and bring him hopefully on the straight shooting podcast and talk about the happenings uh, of firearms ownership politics and laws in Australia uh, we had a chat about self-defense we had a chat about firearms ownership and many many different things in between. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, I just had close to a month off uh, just doing interviews with people, uh, getting ready to give you a lot more content coming up for uh, the later part of 2016. So let's get into my interview with Firearms Owners United, James Buckle.
1: This is Rod Drew, CEO of Field and Game Australia.
0: This is Rob Fickling
1: from Beyond the Divide and Morocco 30.
0: Hi, this is Cole Allison, hunter, journalist for 42 years and a shooter. Hi, this is Russell Mark, Olympic gold medalist. This is Charlie Jacoby from Field Sports Britain. Hey everybody, it's Tom Knapp and you're listening
1: to the Australian Hunting Podcast.
0: James Barker, welcome to the Australian Hunting Podcast. Thanks for joining me representing Firearms Owners United. I appreciate your time, man.
1: Thanks a lot, Jason. Happy to be here. How's it going?
0: Yeah, man, not too bad. Tell us, tell us about James Barker, I guess a bit of a history about yourself. I mean, people don't know who you are, I guess.
1: Yeah, I seem to have just popped up out of the blue. Hey, um, just a little rundown. I'm 23 years old. I currently live in Melbourne, down the bottom in the socialist estate of Victoria. I've lived around <laughs> the world. I was born in the United Kingdom. I moved there. I moved and lived in Hong Kong for a couple of years, and then finally moved to Australia. I joined the army straight out of high school, left the army, and now I'm currently finishing a tertiary education with a Bachelor of Business. I have a dog. I ride a motorbike, and huh. I shoot.
0: Nice. I ride a motorbike too. What do you ride? And I ride a DRZ 400.
1: Oh, nice. Um, I'm just on one of the 2015 model Yamaha MT07s. Ah, pretty nice. It's pretty
0: nice. Nice. So, how did you end up, James? How did you end up? Like, what sort of brought to Australia? Was it your your family brought you here, or you moved over here on your own? Or
1: Yeah, um, I moved over here about, oh, actually, ten years this year um, with my dad due to his work commitments, and then obviously naturalised, settled down, and became an Australian.
0: Half your luck mate How did you we, we, I mean when you're with you I guess you've probably Been here too long You probably didn't really Shoot in the UK Or did dad shoot in the UK Etc
1: Nah no Not not really at all uh, As I said I grew up in Hong Kong um, For most of my childhood um, In Hong Kong Being you know Pretty much part of China And formerly part of the UK Firearms just aren't a thing But what's very popular Over in Hong Kong And indeed the rest of China Is airsoft yes. And BB guns Every kid has one um, I had one my mates had one my dad had one um i guess that was my first sort of introduction into firearms and then yeah it was uh it was good fun
0: <laughs> what what do you think about the u i mean obviously i've probably been back to have you been back to the uk what do you think about their laws currently generally i mean they're doing it pretty tough over there i guess still at the moment aren't they
1: yeah look you've got um for those who don't know for our listeners who don't know um the uk gun laws are quite interesting um, you can apply for a shotgun certificate, which is basically a shotgun-only license, which limits you to a pump-action, a semi-automatic, or a, you know, over-and-under single-shot shotgun, capped at three rounds. And anyone can apply for that. If you're a British subject and you live in the United Kingdom, anyone can apply for that. That's kind of cool, and it's pretty much a shell-issue thing. Where you get into the silly area is all these things surrounding... Um, you know, semi autos again and handguns. Handguns are completely banned over there, apart from in Northern Ireland. Um, you can basically have a really long 10 inch barreled revolver with a massive stick coming out the bottom, and that substitutes as your handgun. On the plus side, they can have semi auto rim fires, and as I said before, semi automatic shotguns. They can also make use of the leather release system. Um, which would be really cool if it came to Australia, but I think we're going to aim for something a bit better than that.
0: Um, so, who's over? His dad still over here now, or your family still over here now?
1: Uh, yeah, my, my family are here. They all they all live down in Melbourne, uh, up in up in the northern suburbs of Melbourne. And yeah, they they go out a bit. They go out camping and stuff. Yeah. Not really, not really into the whole shooting thing. But each to their own. They they yeah. support other people's rights to do it, and I guess that's possibly like one of the best outcomes you can get from someone who doesn't shoot.
0: Yeah. I mean, I noticed on the uh, Firearms Owners United page, there's, you know, you guys are pretty political, which is good. Like, how did you get into this whole political thing? I guess that starts the next question, too. Tell us about Firearms Owners United. Why would you get involved? What's, the, what's, what's happening behind, behind that?
1: Well, Firearms Owners United was something that I started up by myself. Um, I remember being at work and reading about the Adler coming out, and then a couple of weeks later, uh, <laughs> seeing that there were calls to ban it. And I got a bit uh, bit upset about that, started a Facebook page and started a uh, change.org petition uh, calling for the Victorian Police Commissioner and several other figures in, of authority in the Victorian government not to restrict it or any other lever action or pump action firearms. Now, that got about 12,500 signatories to it, um, which was quite an effort. And from there, the page sort of built up. I expanded, recruited a team of people who had similar mindsets to me. And yeah, basically, here we are today. We're a page that's designed to unite the Australian shooting community, help provide a voice for their concerns. It's a response to, as you and I'm sure many of our listeners know, the many, many hysterical voices crying out for further gun control in this country. So Mm. at the end of the day, um, we don't need a mother or father figure deciding what's best for us. We're all adults. We're law-abiding firearm owners who, by definition, are law-abiding and due to the requirements of licensing, are some of the most law-abiding people in the community. And at the end of the day, we're sick of being treated like second-class citizens. So it's time to do away with all this hysteria and nonsense surrounding firearms and have a proper, reasonable debate about it.
0: Yeah. How do you, so tell us about, um, I guess, who's involved. Give us some, who's involved? You've got people around one person in each state or how, how, how does it work? Give me sort of the structure behind that.
1: So we we have a person in each state, bar Tasmania and the Northern Territory at the moment. Uh, there aren't many people who have expressed interest in becoming sort of the state rep and looking after that sort of things. Um, I myself act as president and I have my vice president, Mr. Michael Wild, uh, who occasionally posts on the page. Uh, we've got a team of graphic designers, a web designer, uh, all sorts of other things, um, and as I said, we've got uh, we've got our state reps who generally have their own sort of freedom to manoeuvre, doing their own sort of thing, but in line with the policies, which I'll go into a bit later.
0: Very good, mate. How long's the page been going? When did you start the page, the Facebook page?
1: 25th of June last year.
0: <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, not bad. Nice. So
1: the uh, the birthday's coming up, and um, <laughs> yeah, we've got a uh, we've got something pretty big we've got a lot of pretty big things planned actually which i'll go into a bit later but yeah we've got a we've got, we've got a pretty big competition coming up just for the birthday and that's open yeah. of course to all of our members and fans
0: yeah speaking of that what is the plan i mean in regards to i guess firearms owners you're not not just the page obviously what do you what do you hope to achieve what do you want to achieve what where do you hope it goes into it? a membership or something or a club or what what what's the plan i guess for the future
1: so our our little roadmap at the moment consists of firstly releasing our formal policy, which will be released sometime in the next week. Now that it's all been finished and pruned, uh, from there, we're, uh, at the moment, we're also looking at setting up as a dedicated not-for-profit organisation. We're going to try and let people use us as a genuine reason on their firearm license. You know, it's a it's supposedly a free market, so it shouldn't really be an issue. Yeah, basically, we're going to look at the policies that we've got in place and we're going to actively go out we're going to create a sort of grassroots movement and move to actually instill these policies uh and so hopefully they become law now whether that's through um meeting up with politicians demonstrating say three gun for instance to a bunch of politicians and general public maybe holding a self-defense uh social experiments which i can't really say too much about now but we'll go into that a bit later on um basically um we need to start at the grassroots. We've seen what the Greens Party can do. We've seen what, you know, all these people like the socialist alternative and all the other all the other protesters can do. If you make a bit of noise, people will start to listen. If you start um if you start out at the street level, you'll eventually influence politics because that's just the way things seem to work in this country.
0: Yeah, very good, mate. I wanna um Talk about, I guess, core philosophies of firearms owners united. What, what, where do you sort of stand on? I mean, let's probably get probably get a bit in depth with this question. I would think, yeah. um, you know, like the, the, I said, the current laws, you know, surrounding obviously 1996. You know, we've got semi-auto self defence, obviously, which you just spoke about just then. Let's go through it. Let's go through. I guess let's start with probably uh, registration. What's your what's the fou thought process on registration here in Australia?
1: Now, if we go back through the years before registration and after registration, so pre and post-1996, we'll see that there has not been a single instance of a firearms registry being used to solve a crime. So I think you can sort of guess what our philosophy on this (laughs) is.
0: Probably the same as mine.
1: (laughs) Exactly. We, We would like to see the registry scrapped and have the money that's used to maintain the registry, perhaps put back into our border protection agencies, um, I understand that today Victoria Police said that they were committing 300 new officers towards uh, fighting gun crime uh, to investigate the spate of shootings. Maybe we could have some more police do that, maybe we could actually use the money from the registries, which is millions and millions, hundreds of millions of dollars a year, back into the community back into the actual police force
0: to do proper policing very good all right what have i got next on my list what about categories of firearms a b c d h and g generally most of the i've covered a few there across the country what's your thoughts <laughs> on uh, categories of licensing
1: the licensing categories to an extent are pretty arbitrary they don't really they don't really do anything other than punish the law abiding citizen we do understand that you know, if we came out and said we need to have everything fully auto, you can walk down the street with a fully auto, it's yeah. not going to be really well-received by the public. However, we're not entirely on the same level as the public. So what we are saying is everything on cat A, B, and C becomes category A. Yeah. Centrifier semi-automatics become category B. And you don't need to have a time in length for category A to get your category B. You just need to do... An additional safety test, and say this is how I safely operate an automatic firearm. Yep. it's yep. pretty simple. And category H, um, again, just goes into category B. It's no different from any other gun. You either have a gun, and you're a safe person and a responsible person, or you don't. I mean, it's it's pretty pretty self-explanatory.
0: Yeah, someone asked about this the other day because we know, obviously, Canada got rid of their firearms registration. Um, the interesting part I wanted to, to find out from you is because Canada still uh, register handguns. Now, what's your thoughts on that? Because someone did ask me a great question on the page the other day about registration, where is it a bit of a love affair with reg- registering handguns when, yeah, you know, really no firearms any different than any other? I see no
1: reason, again, why a handgun should be registered. What What crime has been solved by a handgun being registered? I could have a million handguns in my house. They could all be registered to me all that does is provide a handy hackable shopping list from all the hundreds of government organisations that have access to that list. Mm. Now, now, I don't have an issue with licensing, but what what is the benefit of registration? That's particularly with handguns, particularly when a majority of crimes are committed with illegally imported handguns. And we all know the statistics, um, there's hundreds of them out there there's lots of case studies and it it all supports what we're saying the registration is it's pointless it's a it's a it's a futile exercise in control It, it doesn't need to be there Are you looking to buy a new or used firearm? Do you want to sell that safe queen to fund your next purchase? Then go to OzGunSales.com. We have over 200 registered firearms dealers, Australia-wide, and thousands of shooters using the site daily. There are over 2,500 firearms listed, so you're certain to find exactly what you're looking for. We have over 50 years of firearms industry experience, including eight years online. So why wouldn't you advertise with us? The one
0: and only genuine original Ozguns. True that, mate. All right, what about next? So you, we mentioned that, but we'll go into that a bit more in depth. Self-defence, uh, I guess, uh, for people wanting at least minimum to start with, I guess, To do, we'll go both, actually. Let's talk about both. Uh, self-defence in the home and then carrying a firearm outside the home. What's, what's your thoughts on both of those?
1: Now, as I said before, um, self-defence is a careful subject matter. At the moment, what we'd like to see is the people... Who are elected by the people to represent them, actually start listening to their people. If we look at a recent poll done by the Gold Coast Bulletin, it had over 70% of people in favour of lawfully carrying a firearm concealed for the purpose of self defence. Now, as you know, and as our listeners know, that completely and outright advocating for that straight for that straight off the bat to the general public and you know, yeah, pretty much anyone else is a frightening and scary concept. Um, At the moment, what we would like to push for is for self-defense laws to be completely relaxed in the vicinity of your own home. Uh, And let's be honest, in in the States, in in, in our States, in Australia, uh, most of the time you have a duty to retreat in your own home. If someone comes into your house, it's not your duty to actually confront them. It's your duty to retreat. And this is absolutely absurd. Uh, to, To paraphrase your home is your castle. If someone breaks into your house with intent to harm you or your kin, they forfeit any sort of right that they have to, uh, you know, health and well-being because they've come to take your health and well-being away. Um, as for carrying on the streets, um, as a baby step, um, we'd like to see the carrying of less than lethal devices for self-defense, such as pepper spray, tasers, and batons. And for this, I'm not necessarily talking about something that you can just walk into Coles or Aldi and buy from. Um, because um, we know that if we advocate for that, it's not going to happen. So we have to compromise. Our compromise is saying, let's do that, but mm, you have to do a, a course on how to use it correctly and understand the legislation and the use of force continuum. Uh, that way, you know, if if someone ha- if someone does use pepper spray in a life or death situation, you can check if they've done the course. They know what they're doing uh and it really shouldn't be an issue Uh, i work in a very large company with several thousand employees on site and the stories i've heard women and men who have either been mugged or in danger of being sexually assaulted is too high if wanting to give those women a chance to disable a person who would otherwise assault them either physically or sexually if that makes me a crazy person like the media loves making us all out to be then so be it (laughs) it's absolutely insane
0: (laughs) Very good, mate. Um, what's next on my list? Let's talk about uh, genuine reasons. Uh, what do you think about genuine reasons? What,
1: what is a genuine reason? You either, you, you either are licensed to own a gun and use it responsible, uh, responsible or you're not. <laughs> I mean, if you can own a gun for self-defense in your own home, cool. You should be able to use the same gun for hunting. You should be able to use the same gun for target shooting. I should be able to use it as a professional capacity for pest control or amateur pest control. Uh again, the whole concept of genuine reason is it's it's a real it's a real pointless I think again, exercise and futility. What what's the point in it? What has it done? What has it achieved? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. No. We don't we don't necessarily need it at all.
0: Yeah, James. I've written to several police ministers too, asking them, you know, for some sort of public benefit analysis about what these registries have solved, or any of these regulations. And mate, you st- I'm still waiting to hear. I think they're just starting to ignore my uh, my calls and my emails from now on, and my written letters. They just don't seem to be responding. I think I don't think because I don't think they've actually got the data to back up why these things are there. So, of course
1: they don't. Of course they don't. I mean, again, if we did a feasibility, if we did a parliamentary inquiry into the 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 cost-to-benefit analysis of the registration system or uh, any anything along those lines. I think we all know what the solution would be. It would be to scrap the registries, put that money back into the community. I mean, shit, if it's costing hundreds of millions of dollars a year, why don't we just get some more cops on the street? You'd think the government would want that, wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What do you think of... Because uh, I know this is very interesting, especially surrounding self-defence in the home. I mean, I... I I've got mixed feelings on this, and not in a bad way. I mean, I lock up my firearms because I don't want them stolen, and that's my main thing. You know, if you've got kids in the house, that makes sense. But people always say, "Oh, you know, well, safe storage." And that's great and fantastic, and you shouldn't have quick access to these firearms. But I mean, there's other options that people can have for self-defense, that's such right. as you know, fingerprint safes and that sort of thing that are very quickly to get open that still make maintain the firearm safety being out of the hands of you know, you know kids trying to get into them or you know just in case they do get their hands on i mean i I had a conversation with a guy yesterday um for a podcast or actually radio show in texas and it should go to air in two weeks i mean we had a discussion about this i mean he had he goes i think he had a mossberg pump action sitting in the corner of his room uh, with a handgun, I guess, on top of about two to three thousand rounds worth of ammo, so <laughs> certainly a stark contrast, but that gets into my next question about the safe storage and police coming into your house. How do you feel about that i 'm I'm not a huge fan of that only for the fact that you know i don 't know who these people are I mean yes, they might be wearing a badge or be a police officer doesn 't mean you know, most of ninety nine point nine percent of them are fantastic and and, and they 're great, but you know i don 't know they 're not down the pub next week telling someone where my firearms are or what i 've got because it actually happened to me one time I had a guy I come in nice guy he saw my uh, old army photo on the wall we got chatting about that and he said demeanor changed obviously into a more friendly demeanor he was friendly from the start but anyway and then all of a sudden he was telling me oh you would have loved the last guy I went to I had a great collection and everything and then he told me about another situation where a guy had his firearms um seized because he asked him where his Glock handgun was, and he says, oh, yeah, it's upstairs. So he's thinking there's a safe upstairs, it's all kosher. He, the, the guy apparently had it in his sock drawer loaded, so, you know. Well, what's your thoughts on that? You know, it's obviously safe storage, police inspections. I mean, it's a waste of time, we know, but what do you think?
1: Um, well, again, this goes back to the compromise. I mean, at the moment... Uh, look, at the moment... Um, Having safe storage, of course, it's a good thing. Don't get me wrong. We don't necessarily have the culture that the U.S. does around firearms. Now, that's a completely different topic, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's not for now. But the reason that people can in the U.S. leave a shotgun loaded against the wall is because they're so ingrained into the United States culture that people are taught respect for them. Children are taught respect for them. So... I mean, at the end of the day, like, it's not really an issue. Back to the Australian point, um, in our policy, we actually do advocate for good, um, stolid storage. And with regards to self-defense, we've actually included in there saying there should be no issues with anyone having a loaded firearm in their safe and having a quick access biometric scan or, you know, a fingerprint scan. Shit, even even just a quick key code you can put in because at the end of the day, even if you could do that now, A, it's illegal because you can't lawfully defend your home with a firearm because if you can prove you can have time to go into your safe, you actually had duty to retreat. So again, it's not really an issue. Now with regards to police inspections, uh going back to what I was saying about compromising earlier, yeah, maybe if our laws were put in and we actually were allowed semi autos and the like. Uh eh, yeah, I mean, like again, what is it solved? Like, is it actually just you know Put more innocent people in strife, victimless crimes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. What's the benefit? Is there a benefit? I mean, you tell me. <laughs> you, you've, you've done. You, you've you've been involved in this uh, gig a lot longer than I have. Have you ever heard of a crime, no. an actual crime? Exactly. No,
0: I'm still uh, I'm still uh, waiting the other... for their responses to me from the police ministers, but it just don't seem to just don't seem yeah. to get one back from them. No. You know, have, you sending,
1: uh, have you tried sending? Have you tried sending registered posts where they have to
0: sign for it? Uh, no, I haven't yet, but uh, I, I, I do prefer the, the, the written letters uh, via you know envelope because they, you know they've got to log them on the system, they've got to you know put them on the system, and they've got to log them, scan them. It takes a lot more time. <laughs> you know, if we had, if we just had, to, if there was only two percent of us, James, if we had, you know, two hundred thousand people writing letters, it would be just crazy, and you know, that'd be fantastic.
1: Yeah, well, that, that goes back to what I was saying about grassroots earlier. And um, yeah, once once we've got our not-for-profit status up and running, and actually have uh, a membership option, um, we'd be very, very actively encouraging our members to be active members of the shooting community, especially in regards to doing stuff like that. Um, it, it all comes down to having a good, good, strong core uh, of a volunteer base, and being able to use that volunteer base to help you, well, help you advocate. <laughs> I mean, yep. that's, 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 that's the business that I'm in at the moment.
0: Yeah. What do you think about, what about the hunting? How do you think the hunting is, I'm not sure if you're into hunting, but how do you feel about the hunting laws in Australia currently at the moment? Do you think they're good? Do you think we should get some more species? I mean, I'd like to see duck hunting back up in, you know, uh, New South Wales, other than the permit system of like the rice fields and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: Well, well I'm, I'm, I'm down in Victoria and you know, we've, we've got a, we've got a duck season that runs for a, a lengthy amount of time. Um, I don't see any other reason, um, you know, obviously, you've got to do research into sustainability and stuff because you don't want to have it one year where everyone shoots like a couple of ducks in New South Wales and there's no ducks. But we know that that doesn't happen anyway, so it's yeah. kind of a moot point. <laughs> um, but look, but there should be no issue with having uh, duck seasons across the country. Um, we all know that most, well, nearly all of our hunters and shooters are pretty responsible guys. Obviously, there are a few bad eggs, but. Look, that's just a cross-section of society. You're not going to have 100% good people. Um, Look, I have no issue with with hunting. I think that most of our hunting is pretty pretty good. I think up in Queensland that they need to allow hunting on, you know, um, like state forests. Like down in Victoria, you can just get a a permit for hunting on crown land and state forest. Um, As long as you conduct yourself appropriately there, it's not an issue. It should be the same across all of Australia, really. Do you have dull, blunt or badly sharpened knives that couldn't skin a cat? At Scary Sharp we use a multi-step grinding system and will hand sharpen your blades to a precise edge. Our process of sharpening knives will have your blades splitting hairs for a surprisingly low cost. Not only do we sharpen knives, but we also sharpen scissors, clippers, garden tools, arrowheads, axes or anything that holds an edge. We are located close to Canberra, and we also have a mail-in service. Visit Scary Sharp on Facebook or call Bob on 0410 432 852 and find out how we can meet your sharpening needs. Scary Sharp. If it cuts, we can sharpen it.
0: Looking for outdoor equipment for your next adventure? At Aussie Outdoor Gear, you can find cooking equipment, camo clothing for kids, backpacks, camo accessories and much more. We cater for your hunting, fishing, camping, hiking and other outdoor pursuits with our unique product range. AussieOutdoorGear.com.au Quality gear at affordable prices. Yeah, fantastic, mate. Um, what about what are the goals of Firearms United you know, now and into the future? What do you hope? You want to get more media presence? You want to be talking to the media, politicians? What's the go? Well,
1: we actually uh, we actually had a call from uh, someone on the project the other day, and they were talking to us and wanted wanted to get a, bit, a couple of facts about. Um, uh, you remember, like last week, pretty much every newspaper ran like an yeah. anti-fire on piece about the other. Well, they mm-hmm. called us up and asked us asked us for some facts and you know once we gave it to them they were uh, <laughs> well if they would have run a story on it and actually included what we were saying it would have been uh would have made the, the newspapers look really bad so obviously they couldn't do that um right now uh if you were unaware we're currently undertaking a crowdfunding campaign to get some pro-shooting billboards set up in every state and territory's capital city we know the double s have done this in the past so we know that it's not an issue We've been talking to a couple of companies. We're pretty much on the ball, apart from the funding. We're at about 5.5K out of uh, 52. They're expensive business, um, but, you know, it's, it's not for us. It's for the whole shooting community. So if people want to get around that, that'd be good. We want to be proudly able to advertise our sport and put some facts out there and get the general public into the mindset, even subconsciously, that you know, law-abiding firearm owners are not an issue and that they should get their gun license and give it a go as well. <laughs> um, we're looking at starting a proper grassroots movement, as sort of I said, get our fans involved, hand out some pro-hunting and pro-shooting documents in the mail or shopping centers. We just need to normalize it. I mean, there's nearly, you know, there's uh, estimates at the moment all say eight hundred, eight hundred and fifty thousand. 850,000. Nah, it's bullshit. There's closer to a million, way closer to a million shooters. Let's get more on board. Let's get around it. We're all a big extended family. We need to hook it in and show some unity.
0: Yeah, good stuff. Mate, what about, um, let's talk about a couple of different things. Um, political parties. I mean, does FOU support you know, any one political party? They'll talk to anyone. What's the situation?
1: Look, uh, as you're aware, most of the shooters in the country support, uh, aside from a couple of people, one or two parties, either the Shooters, Fishers and Farmers, formerly Shooters and Fishers Party, or the LDP, the Liberal Democrats Party, We, as an organisation, don't wish to become a political party. Uh, There's no point further diluting the vote. Personally, I'd like to give politics a go, either as an independent or any other party that I haven't really looked into it much yet. Um, It might be interesting to try out for pre-selection for the next Victorian state election. Uh, We don't advocate any single political party. We aren't looking at political parties. We're looking at individuals. We're looking at uh, the policies of the parties. If we had five LDP senators and five Shooters, Fishers and Farmers senators, I'm pretty sure that they would have a pretty pretty good go at getting rid of some of the really draconian gun laws in the country. And at the end of the day, that's what we want. If we advocate and say, hey, guys, vote for SFP, we alienate our support base for LDP and vice versa. I mean, also, if we say stuff like, oh, um, love it or leave it, Australia Party has a pretty cool firearm policy or the Australian Sovereign Party um, has a pretty cool firearms policy, or the Fortitude Australia Party has a good firearms policy. Then again, we risk alienating those people. What we can do is educate the people and say, "Hey, these are where your these are where your choices should go. If you're an LDP voter, vote one, two, three. If you're an SFP voter, vote one, two, three, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera.
0: Yep. Very good. Okay, talking about any of those political parties, doesn't matter which one in particular, none of them, all of them, uh, how do you feel about their performance, um, you know, I guess in their respective states but also across Australia? I mean, happy, do you think both those parties can do better better, or what do you think about their performance?
1: Um, One of our our Victorian state work um, went to the LDP meeting and actually saw Senator Lonehelm uh, down in Victoria last week and he asked about firearms and they said that they weren't going to make it an election issue. Uh, so it's it's disappointing. Um, obviously, shooters and fishers will try and make it an, an election issue. You've also got the Australian Country Party and stuff, and they're, they're yep. definitely making it an election issue, which yep. is pretty cool. Um, always remember, listeners, a vote for the Nationals is a vote for Liberals, so don't do that. <laughs> Uh, don't vote for the Greens if you vote for the Greens hand in your gun licence and literally just leave the country because you obviously prefer to live in some socialist hole Um, yeah as for the jobs they're doing look I've talked to Daniel Young and Jeff Coleman down in Victoria I haven't really talked in person to any of the other members so I can't I can't really comment because obviously what people say um, on the record and off the record is a bit different to speaking in the media, uh, more on that in a minute. Um, But I I can wholeheartedly say that the guys uh, down in Shooters and Fishes, Victoria, are doing a pretty good job. Um, I read Hansard a fair bit, and they're consistently um, up in the Melbourne Legislative Council, which is where our two SFFP MPs are based. I can say that they're they're, they're doing a good job. They are fighting the good fight. Um, They are are good people, they're good representatives. Yeah. Um, I'd go as far to say they are good leaders because there's quite a huge difference between a leader and a representative of the shooting community, and I'd say that both of those gentlemen are like their actions speak volumes. They, they've 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 done a lot. They've advocated a lot. Um, look, as for as I'm sure many of our listeners know, there was the SBS Insight video into um some of the comments regarding semi-automatic firearms. Mm. Look, at, at the end of the day, um who would you rather vote for, Shooters and Fishers or some other party who's not really going to make it? I mean, Shooters and Fishers is one of the largest parties in Australia. At the end of the day, a vote for them is going to be a much better vote for you as a shooter than, say, voting for, I don't know, Vote One Local Jobs or some random party. I don't know, something like that. So what what I will encourage um, our listeners to do if you really want to get involved in politics do it you only live once if you want to make a difference do it sign up for pre-selection for your um, political party because if you don't get involved in politics you end up being governed by your inferiors and if you look around at the state of the country at the moment that's kind of what's happened so step up step up talk to your people go and have a meeting with some of your other You know, if you vote for LDP, go and have a meeting with the LDP boys. If you vote SFFP, have a chat to them. Um, Put your name down. See what you can do to get involved. If you like it, keep at it. Put your name down. Who knows? You might end Mm. up in the house one day and Mm. you might be the one that people look up to as a leader in
0: the community. Yeah, I somewhat agree with you. I've got to disagree on one small little aspect that, I mean, who else would we rather vote for? I agree with you in, in, in a fact there's really no one else to vote for, but what I expect is my elected, elected representatives who get paid, and I might add, a lot more than myself. I mean, probably you, James, we probably do this for free pretty much because we love it, we enjoy it. I mean, yeah. some of our some of our paid representatives are getting paid one hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty thousand dollars a year to advocate for my rights. And when and when people get on on the SBS, they're not prepared. You know, you have to be prepared in these situations. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not like it, it was
1: all it was always going to be. Uh, pardon the pun, a turkey shoot. Yeah, so.
0: I just I just I'm just not sure about the summation that you know like summation that you know well you know these guys well who else are you going that that might be some people's attitude too oh who else are you going to vote for you are going to vote for non program party well it's like instead of saying that, why don't you guys, well, not you guys, you, FOU, but why don't people that need to be saying the correct thing, should be saying the correct thing, should be advocating for all forms of gun ownership, yeah. just like we just spoke about today and not being apologetic, yeah. saying, well, we don't need these types of firearms. It's not, no, about, I, the I firearm. it's not about the firearm; It's not about the person. I mean, when people go street racing, you know, in the street and they kill someone at a crossing, we don't go, well, that that car, we need to, be- that car's ridiculous. We need to ban that car. We obviously, you know, uh, charge the person, they go to court uh and yeah, everything exactly. like that which has nothing to do with the firearm as you said even handguns why are they registered in this situation are they any different than any other firearm or is it just because the government thinks well it's a pistol it might be concealable you know i just i just don't like that summation i, I want to i want people I want, I want these people who are paid to get to el- as my elected representatives to to do a great job and, and and represent me in the best interest of the shooting community and and do what they should be doing which is you know, advocating for my rights so
1: Absolutely. And, look, the way to get around, or not necessarily get around that, the way to make that known is, if you can, book a meeting with them one-on-one. Say, look, I voted for you. This is what I've done. It is my will that you introduce a bill into Parliament, um, you know, deregulating semi-automatics or whatever uh, suppresses even. Uh, that's, yeah. that's something that we'd, we'd like to see as well. Yeah.
0: Um, but it's not even that, too, James. I mean, I mean, you probably know this one, too. We just... Um, uh, looking on online and there was a what is it, a letter to This must be down in south australia i 'm not going to mention the guy 's name on the show, but he basically writes to minister piccolo which i don 't think he 's the police minister in south australia anymore if i 'm if I'm correct. Uh. The
1: the letter was an old letter that's just
0: surfaced, Mm. um, if if I recall correctly. And this is the interesting one. If I go down to uh, number seven, uh, the emergence of the lever action shotgun under category A is unacceptable and must be recognised as a category C or D. I mean, again, not only are we having (laughs) unacceptable comments made on SBS program, we've also got shooters now. Telling people, well, this gun is somehow more dangerous than some other firearm. I mean, everyone talks about unity and sticking together. I mean, if this guy didn't say this, he would probably be in a lot better situation. Since now it's all over Facebook, and there's been a lot of yeah. negative comments. And then, I just, I just, I can't. Shooters, shooters it's are the, really th- doing themselves, in. they're not doing themselves the, any favors. There favours. are three.
1: There are three major enemies, or three major obstacles, rather, um, without sounding too militant, because we're not at all. Um, Basically, the three major enemies we have are the anti-firearm brigade who love restricting things. Now, that can be in the form of political parties such as the Greens. That can be in the form of uh, strange un-Australian interest groups like Gun Control Australia, Uh, individuals like Doctor, uh, quote-unquote, because he's, yeah, that's a load of crap, Uh, Philip Alpers at the University of Sydney. Um, So that's one set the other set the other major enemy is apathy now <laughs> apathy is is our biggest killer the whole brainwashing that uh, we have in our culture is uh, to say the australian culture is to sit back and say yeah nah, she'll be right that's not australian culture australian culture is one of hard work and dedication of good values sitting back and saying yeah nah, she'll be right that's not our value if that if that's honestly like you're if that's honestly what you think as a shooter and you think that everything will blow over and she'll be right, and they're not going to come for your guns or anything like that, you need to have a good, long, hard look in the mirror at yourself and really decide whether, you know, you want to be part of the community or not. And that brings me to the third biggest enemy that we face, and that is turncoats, that is traitors. You know, there, is nothing, there is nothing worse in this world than a traitor. And there's a very famous quote that... If I was in the same room as my nemesis and a traitor and I had a gun with a bullet, I'd give it to the traitor each time. Now, obviously, for those law enforcement personnel who are listening, I'm speaking hypothetically.
0: <laughs> yeah, know, so yeah.
1: relax. I'm still a fit and proper person. I've yeah. never committed a crime in my life, so chill out. Yeah. But as you can see, like these people who consistently shoot us and stab us in the back, um, be warned. Yeah. We will call you out we will we will hold you accountable, your actions and the comments you make are not something that are taken lightly. If you keep throwing us under the bus there there will be there will be consequences for you and i'll leave it I'll live that part of that for now
0: yeah, yeah it's been happening quite a bit lately, hasn't it I've seen a lot of you know people coming out there. There was an article I think we touched on on my show, probably maybe six months ago, a year ago, maybe a couple of fellas down in Victoria you know uh, saying, oh, the Adler should be a Cat C. I'm a professional shooter. And I've got friends that are professional shooters. I've said this before. Great bunch of guys, and they advocate. Um, I've even got law enforcement friends who advocate for uh, uh, getting our rights back and saying there's no issue with these particular firearms, et cetera. But you know, there has been a lot of people coming out. This happened with the national parks hunting. You know, uh, you know there might have been former rejects of certain political parties or organisations where they're disgruntled, saying, well, this is not going to work. It's only a matter of time before someone gets killed. I mean, it's it's almost embarrassing that these people would just because their own ego would sell their own their own people out, you know, to to go to go up against them. I mean, it's just, yeah, I n- remember, nar- with
1: it. Narciss- narcissism is. Uh, I guess that sort of ties back into the trade part. It's one of the things that make it quite annoying to deal with. Um, yeah, leave your narcissistic tendencies at the door. Hook in and stand for all your shooters. Um, the guys you referring to down in Victoria—that was actually. Um, The first instance of us making the paper done by the Weekly Times, they actually took a screenshot of our Facebook page saying that they should shred their licenses. I stand by that comment. If you're willing to dick over nearly uh, over a million shooters, go away. We don't want you. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I think you're they not, ended up having. You're their, not welcome um, to be part of our family.
0: Yeah, I think they ended up having their uh, memberships. Or one left, I think, and one was terminated. So, or one wasn't ridden, a member. Good riddance bad rubbish. Yeah, I mean, I think one was a well, member, one wasn't. Actually, now that I think about it, and one uh, just, chose, just chose to chose uh, <laughs> to get out of it on his own of his own accord so I think I knew the heat was the heat was coming. And I actually spoke to um, Rod Drew from Field Field and Game Australia, lovely guy. Yeah. I've spoken to Rod Fairbit and um, really great guy and he said he'd sure he'd take care of it and then you know, needless to say sometime later they were gone and you know I think it might have been the polite see you later if you get my drift so there's the door, don't let it hit your ass on the way out. Yeah, exactly mate. Um, what is my next question, mate, I guess to finish off, what do you want to say to what do you want to say to um, shooters out there that, you know, how do they, you know, just some advice, I guess, on on gun ownership and, um, you know, making it in the media and, and, and writing to your politicians and, and not being apathetic because, as you said, that's one of our biggest things here, definitely apathy for sure.
1: Yeah. Look, um, guys, uh, to all the listeners out there, um, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Um, look, all that we need to do, is hook in together if we do that we can't be beaten we can't we we need to stop them boiling the proverbial frog and slowly chipping and chipping away because at the end we're not going to have anything left that is that that is their ultimate goal so look like i said leave your apathy at the door hook in Yep. Become involved. Uh, we'll be releasing some more information on our Facebook page and our soon-to-be-released website, which is kind of cool. There's a nice little link to the Australian Hunting Podcast there, so oh, thanks. you'll never miss a show. <laughs> um, so h- hook in, get involved. Uh, don't don't have that she'll be right attitude. Yep. You're 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 all all hardworking individuals. It shouldn't be um, any different to anything else that you have in your life. Uh, Hook in, work hard, and have fun. Oh, and always stay safe when you shoot. Don't be a knob.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I just want to. I just want. That's what I mean. I don't want people to be, you know, divisive and that. You know, people want to work together, but whether it's our organisations, our political parties, or people in general. We shouldn't be saying things in the media that are adverse to gun rights whatsoever, not giving these people any ammunition to save these John Howard, you know, reforms of 1996 are any good. I mean, if you're going to say that in the media, like I tell people, get out of the media, don't do it, don't answer the question. Or if you have to, just say, no, I don't agree with it, and move on. If they ask you why, then you need to be able to defend yourself. And that's where we need, I mean, even people like you, James. never, never,
1: Never be afraid to say no comment. No. Never be afraid to say... I don't need to answer that question. Yeah, I just... What are they
0: going you know, yeah, like, yeah.
1: to do? Like, they're going to print, oh, he did not answer the question. Yeah. Like, cool. Like, nice yeah. story,
0: bro. And, <laughs> and Jeff Borman made a good, very good... I've been waiting for someone to say this for quite some time. Jeff Borman, SFP in Victoria, they were asking him about the Adler shotgun, etc. and you know, things like, well, what do you think about this? Isn't it any different than a pump action? And a lot of people have been saying, well, well don't say that because if you tell them it's like a pump action, they'll ban it. And I'm like, no, no, we should be saying, yeah, now there's no difference because the pump action shouldn't have been banned in the first place. And That's that, 100% correct. Yeah, and that was the that was the point that Jeff made and fantastically made. And finally, someone's actually started making it instead of cowering in the corner and saying, well, geez, guys, don't say that because if they think it's like a pump, it's no different than a pump action. Uh, the only one difference they say, and I'm actually going to test this uh, they say if you use a, a pump action and you hold your finger on the trigger and you pump it backwards and forwards it can shoot without pulling your finger off the trigger. I don't know if that's so actually cool only
1: certain models are the, right. there. you go. Uh, Winchester trench gun um, from World War One uh, was capable of doing that. Your stock standard Remington eight seventy, your, your Mossberg five hundred, your Maverick eighty yeah. eight. But oh, even then, I the think common. it's a
0: it's a fairly moot point. I mean, it's fairly moot point to me anyway, because, I mean, what's the difference between having to pump it back or, I mean, pump it, pull the trigger anyway? I mean, it'd be, it'd be yeah. a, uh, yeah, a tenth well, of a well, second, at the, if at the that, end of the you day, know?
1: At the end of the day, like, even if it was fully automatic, I mean, I could own a minigun. 99% of the time, it's going to sit in my safe because ammunition's already too bloody expensive. <laughs> Just true. because I own a, a semi-automatic or, shit, even an automatic firearm, I mean, if you look at some of our collectors, uh, you know... Uh, like in New Zealand, yeah. um, it's not going to make me a criminal. <laughs> I mean, I don't really, I also don't think any criminal organization is going to seek out, you know, an old 19, 1900s Maxim machine gun to use in a drive by. It's just yeah, exactly. not going to happen. Yeah. Like, at, at the end of the day, we're all law abiding. We know what we need to do. And but that's yeah. it.
0: That's, yeah. what, that's, a, that's what I want to see. Everyone, everyone's sticking together, but everyone's saying the right things, not. You know, agreeing with stupid laws or agreeing with John Howard. If they're going to say that, stay, guys, stay out of the media. Don't talk to the media because you're absolutely not helping. And it's doing, I think it's doing the cause irreparable damage for people that keep saying things like that. You know, it's just not helping. Stay out of the media. Tell your friends and family if you agree with the Howard gun laws because I certainly don't. I'm sure you don't. You know, so you've been here long <clears> enough to know, you know, what they were. Probably were here then in 1996. or you're no, a bit younger then, but. I'm 35 now, a bit older than you, James, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: that's another thing. Like, why, why are people who weren't even born in 1996 being punished? I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely insane. Mm.
0: But the, I just, the, I just the, think the, people the, don't the, want to touch it. They don't want to, you know, oh, if we touch this, I think politicians are too scared to touch it because, as you said, look in the last week of all the negative Adler media. I mean, you know, and Walter Mickack again in the...
1: You know what? You know what? Fuck them. Fuck the media. Fuck their stupid <laughs> stories. It's it's completely it's completely insane. Like if you're gonna sit there and be like, oh no, I'm scared of doing this because I might lose one or two votes. No. How about you stop being a piece of shit and actually show some leadership in the community and stick up for your people? That's not directed at anyone at all. That's just a general statement to any politician. If you're not listening to your elected representatives, get out of office. You do not deserve to be there at all.
0: Mm. Well, very good, mate. Mate, finish off, mate. You reckon you got a story for us? Uh, uh, maybe a personal accomplishment, hunting story, shooting story, any story that you think might uh, be. Oh yeah. Oh
1: you know? uh, look, um. Oh,
0: mate, um hey, when, before hang on, James. Before you tell the story, my listeners <laughs> like to feel like they're there. Time of day, night, time of year. Uh, give me. We, we got to sell it to us, man. You can't give me a half hour story.
1: It was a dark and stormy night. No, it wasn't actually a dark <laughs> I was walking and out of the, the
0: beach all. with my wife uh, or girlfriend yeah. under the moonlight. No.
1: Yeah. Um, look, uh, I was out uh, at a property, my mate's uh, private property up in Omeo. Um, he had a bit of a deer problem. He's getting it all ready for cattle. Uh, we spent the day looking around, looking for any tracks and see if we could find anything. Didn't have much luck. Uh, went for a wander towards just towards sunset and we saw a couple of nice does and um a quick uh quick tap of the old ticket t3308 later and um yeah everyone was getting fed that evening on delicious tasty venison and mm. it was it was it was great and yeah sustainable hunting is probably one of the best ways of getting a beat in the world uh and everyone should try it at least once
0: yeah yeah very good mate if you want to find uh Firearms Owners United on Facebook or they want to contact you directly or someone in their state, what's the best way they can uh, contact? Uh,
1: basically, contact us through the Facebook page. Uh, in the next, I'd say the next week to week and a half, we'll be launching our website. There's, um, it's got all our links to social media on there, Instagram, Twitter, Google+. Plus uh yeah we have a google plus i uh, don't know anyone who uses it but we've got a google plus um and <laughs> a youtube channel too. as well <laughs> yeah well,
0: what's, there we on, go. what's on the youtube channel just gun reviews or you're doing just general videos or more talking politics type at, stuff at the, or?
1: at the moment um it's it's pretty dead it's more just videos that we've liked like pictures of the troy pump action rifle which yep. you know should be here but isn't um uh, basically what we want to do is we want to get people to send us their videos in so we can feature them for the world so if you've, uh, you know, you've got out, you've, you've shot like a really cool grouping at the range or something and you want to show it off sure, send it in to us, we'll put it up
0: Fantastic Alright, James Buckle represents Firearms Owners Unite and he joins me here on the Australian Hunting Podcast Check him out on Facebook, James, thanks for your time Thanks You've been listening to an episode of the Australian Hunting Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. See you next time.